Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Life Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. How good, how good is today so far? It's going to get better because I'm up here. I actually believe that. I believe my own stuff. You need to do that. You know, we've been talking about the way of faith. I just want to finish off last week. What we've learned last week, if you want to uh, hop onto our app or um, YouTube or whatever, all the the stuff that we have, we've learned something um, absolutely phenomenal was that when God started to talk about, Jesus started to talk about himself, he mentioned one man in the Bible, and his name was Jacob. What Jacob is famous for, he wanted the things of God, but he went about them the wrong way. So what we see in Jacob, you can have a right heart, you can have the right desire, and still yet miss out on what you believe you should have. And what the first thing that Jacob did, he took a stone to sleep on. Now watch this. Whatever you rest your mind on is you will receive revelation and information from. Whatever you, he took a stone. What's interesting in the word, the Bible never plays around with words. He says this, he goes, he took a stone. The word stone is made up of two letters. It's made up for the letter of the father and the son. The moment he rested on God and his son, he received the revelation that Jesus is the connection from earth where the problem is to heaven where the answer is. So revelation comes from what you are thinking about, what you are resting your head on. That is why there is so much chatter, spiritual chatter, information chatter, to occupy your thinking. And if Satan can occupy your thinking, he can reduce your revelation. So whatever you sleep on, And the Bible says, if you want, people say, how do I get revelation? Rest your mind on the Father and the Son. So what we find, that right from the beginning, God says this, my intention for the earth was for heaven to be there. So therefore we learn this, is the earth is designed to receive heaven's blessing. Even the Bible says that the earth itself is waiting for the manifestations of the Son of God. So the earth knows Rocks know, things know that the only way the earth is going to get better is not by climate change, it's by Christian change. And then he says this, when he woke up, he called this the house of God. And you know the next thing he did? He got the same stone that he received revelation on and he poured oil on it. The Holy Spirit. He had to anointed. In other words, there was an expectation on him that he received it. And after he received the revelation, the Holy Ghost came. Isn't it interesting? Is after you get born again, then you get filled with the Holy Spirit. And the reason they believed that he did this, this is what was taught, was when he poured oil on the stone, it absorbed the oil and it could be recognized from any other stone. That means that the revelation that you have when it's, you accept it, you invite the Holy Spirit on it, it will be recognizable not only by you but by everybody else. You'll look different, you'll smell different, you'll act different. 
And then he finishes it off that he gave a tithe. You know what, right at the end of Genesis 28, the reason he gave a tithe, because for the first time, Jacob realized that his finances came from heaven to earth, not from earth to heaven. That, that, should, that should actually make you happy. That your money, doesn't, your money doesn't come from your wealth, it comes from his wealth. Think, think about it. Just, just, just let that ponder down. That he receives the revelation of the Father, the Son. He reckons this is the house of God. This is where things from heaven come down to earth. He anoints it with oil, so therefore he's recon- everybody will recognize the stone. And every time that he bypasses, he'll know that's the stone. Last thing he does, he gives him finances. Isn't it amazing how many times in his life did he want money and failed? Works for seven years, doesn't get anything. So God d- does something for him. Now, that's just the beginning. Everybody say, hey, we've got 15 minutes. This is going to be an amazing message. Go, this is Ted's 15-minute message. You're all smiling. You're going, you beauty, we can have an early lunch. No, no, I, I might change my mind. No, I won't. Now, the way of faith is freedom to move without restrictions. The word freedom is a biblical term. And the word freedom comes from, it's a term that was used when a new king assumed power and then declared forgiveness of debts and a release of slaves from their masters. So when you, when the Bible uses the word either liberty or faith, sorry, liberty or freedom, it's a legal term, it's a release of debts. And it's also, it's declared that you can have movement without restriction. You can have movement, but there are borders. See, you can move financially, but there are borders. You can move educationally, but there are borders. So the way of faith is the freedom to move without restriction. So what God did when he said "I want to Jacob, and he says, I want, this is the picture of the church. The church is a place where heaven manifests. You can smile now. So therefore, you know what it does? That See, if you believe that, then your expectation is, I expect from heaven to earth. I expect a heavenly lifestyle. Now, watch this, watch this. In Galatians 3.23 says this. Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. What we have before, the word there before means this. Do you realize that the children of Israel had 613 laws that they had to tick off before the fullness of the blessing would flow in their lives. How many of you find it just hard just to obey one law? 60K, 40K, no parking zone. But you got 613 before you can have an expectation. How many of you, if you had, let's go before the law, let's go before faith. How many of you believe that you can keep 600, 
and 13 laws. By the way, um, just to help you a little bit, the Bible says this. If you think you can keep 613, that means you've got to keep them all the time. And if you break one, you're guilty of breaking all of them. Think, just, just, that's how God, so when people are striving, the Bible says, I want, to, I want to be good by my own effort. You've got to be good by your own effort in everything and all the time. So before the way of faith was this, is what can I do to receive a blessing? The way of faith comes this, what do I need to believe so I can receive the blessing? The one is a doing, it's merit-based system. So therefore, my confidence comes up when I do this. Okay, God, I've done my prayer life, I've done my reading life, I've done all my love life for people, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've, I've blessed the cat, the dog, the goldfish, I, I mowed the neighbor's garden, I, I did this, I washed everybody's car, I paid everybody speeding fine. Oh, yeah. Come on. You're sitting out there and you're, you're in the parking bay. Goes, no, 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 don't, don't pay for it. I'll pay for it. So everything is based on doing. It is the same system that the world does. Um, you work and then you get paid, correct? That's a system. That is not a heavenly system. In other words, my boss doesn't really love me. He's indebted to me. My boss, you know, I think out of all the bosses I've had, only two of the bosses ever sent me a Christmas card or a birthday card. Most of them, they looked at me and they go, we like you because you make us money and you put us into debt. See, every week or every month that you get paid, you're getting paid because you put somebody in debt. That's the reality of it. When you get a mortgage, you're indebted to the bank. How many of you get a really nice thank you card from your bank every time you pay? The only, the only thing that I used to get through the mail because when we had a mortgage was, um, congratulations, Mr. Fabianic, interest rates have just gone up. You owe us more. <laughs> now, before this, before the cross, it was what I've done so that I can receive a blessing. Until the way of faith. What's faith? Faith is I choose to believe this and then I act on it. The word faith You've, you, you've all heard that there's a difference between faith and works. That's correct in our earthly thinking, but in heaven's language, faith is a heavenly word, and in faith, you can't believe without taking a step forward. It's one word. Religion has separated it and said, faith without works. So in other words, I can believe, and then I, I got to work, I got to work. So what we've done is we've borrowed, if we say again that this is the cross, I am working, I am working to get, so I can be blessed. But now that I've gone through the cross, it is because of faith, 
But what religion has done, it's reached over the cross, picked up the word and put two words in. See, faith and action is the same word. You know, uh, when Jesse was smaller, he's now six foot four, I I would go to him, I I need you to take out the rubbish. And he goes, yeah, Dad, I heard. Hey, Jesse, what did I tell you? Take out the rubbish, great. I get up in the morning, I go outside in the street, and guess what I find? Nothing. (laughs) Zero. Zilch. So I go to him, hey, Jesse, what did I say last night? Take out the rubbish. Uh Uh-huh. Did you hear me? Yes, I did. Repeat what I said. Take out the rubbish. You know what? He heard, but he didn't listen. The word I want you to take out, the rubbish, is an action word. It's like, hey, hey honey, I really love you, uh, but I've spent all the money this week. That is... That that isn't love. That's just going, please don't beat me up. (laughs) See, when he comes in the way of faith, God says this. He goes, Jacob, you saw that there's a ladder that goes from heaven to earth and it's continually going up there. In other words, there's there's a continual motion of blessings, not just one, not just one. And now, now, how are you going to access that? So the law did this. Now, because so you're a smart congregation, correct? The reason the law was so strict is to get self-effort out of you. Because part of the sin nature is I want to earn it. I want to have what's my part in it. See, when we come to faith, and faith and grace are so interconnected, we're going to see in a moment, is what the law kept you. It kept you so that you can get to a point and going, I can no longer try to be good. I can no longer do this, this, and this. See, we, we've had the wrong teaching. People used to say this, if you want something from God, you need to worship. Isn't it? I want you to something something's really interesting. Is that when you look in the Gospels, there was only one time that somebody came and started to give Jesus a sacrifice before he asked him anything. And that was, the man says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And we've taken that thing that we need to come to God with worship. Now, so you understand that you don't miss, mess that up. I no longer worship to get I now worship because I've already received it. We still have a lack mentality. We're still thinking, man, I haven't got it, I haven't got it. So when you see this, we are complete in Christ. There's nothing wrong with us anymore. What is wrong is our thinking. So he says, before the way of faith in Christ. So in other words, is this, you know what God's saying to you? is everything that heaven has is accessed in the earth by faith, not by self-effort. Watch this. Hebrews 14, verse 6. This is how he tells us to approach God. Watch you to do this. Uh, just to give you 
a little bit more understanding is if you ever get an invite to go to royalty, before you enter in, somebody will meet you and tell you the way you behave because this is a king. I was listening to one guy, and he was going to meet one of the kings in, uh, in the Middle East. And, and the guy walks up to him, and he says, now, before you meet him, uh, whatever you don't want to lose, um, you leave it outside. Because the, when you step into the presence of a king, he believes he owns everything. So he goes, if he likes your watch, it's no longer your watch. If he likes your shoes, you're going at barefoot. See, he, what, he was, see what, what was happening is this guy, this um, representative of the king says, the, king's, the king thinks like whatever he says is his. So if you got your watch, a ring, so don't bring your wife and don't bring your kids. If you get one of the kids you don't want, bring him along, you know. So why? Because there is a protocol to enter a king. Now, watch this. Hebrews 4.16 is the protocol that God wants from you. Watch this. Therefore, let us, with privilege, approach the throne of... Just stop there. What's, what's the seat that your father is sitting on called? The throne of... That's... See, what, what, what now you're watching, what's, what's happening here is what we're learning is this. That God says, I am sitting on grace. So my throne is not a judgment throne. So therefore, you have to be misled that somebody else has rebranded where I'm sitting. See, there's been a lot of rebranding going on in the kingdom. And let me show you, you've been, re somebody has rebranded you. Oh, come on. Not me. Watch this. Take the pulpit as a cross. I am a sinner. Oh, man. Oh, God, I can't do it. I go to the cross. I go through the cross. And I get born again. The old man is here. Ted is dead. I come through here. I am now a new creation. And God rebrands me and he says, now you are my son, you are perfect, we are with spot, without blemish. Now if you don't believe that, then you have a problem with the sacrificial system in the Old Testament. Because the Bible said this, is that when you bring a lamb for sacrifice, it has to be spotless. And if the lamb is spotless, whatever is the lamb comes on you. So if the lamb wasn't perfect, you could have got unperfect forgiveness. Okay? So I've got two minutes. This is going to be quick. So, so we've been rebranded. We're going, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. You are no longer a sinner. You don't even smell of sin. Now, look, let us therefore with privilege approach the throne of grace. That is the throne of God's gracious favor with confidence, without fear. So that we might receive mercy so what now? You see the first part, and now he says, this is what you're going to receive. When you come to the throne of grace, you will not receive anything but grace. And you shall receive mercy for all our failures 
and find his amazing grace to help in the time of need, an appropriate blessing coming just at the right time. So God says this, when you come to church, which is my house, and God is the head of his house, so therefore the head of the church is grace, a throne of grace. So he says, what you're going to find is mercy. That means that any failure that you might have had gets to totally and utterly washed away. And you will have grace to help in the time of need. Now, I want to give you another translation here. It is the, the Smith literal translation. We should go with freedom of speech to the throne of grace. What's he saying there? He goes, when you come to the throne of grace, there is no, there's nothing off limits. So you can go and tell God exactly what you need. Can, can we sort of um, re remove a, a theology that's been out there? People, the Bible says, whatever you ask for in my name, I will do it that the Father may be glorified, correct? We know that. So people go, you can ask for anything else. But then we've inserted something that doesn't belong there. Only if it's God's will. Now here's your problem. Who gets to interpret what God's will is? Just think about that. Who's interpreting God's will? Oh yeah, I know I can have whatever I want, but... A lot of people go, oh, God won't give you anything because I don't think you can take it. I have a problem. I've got a huge problem with that. He gave Saul leadership of a country and he wasn't ready. He made David king and he messed up. He gave Samson strength and he messed up. He gave Peter apostleship and he messed up. Come on, come on. I know there's, a, you know, like you don't give a kid a, a Ferrari when he's two years old. I get that. Because he won't even know how to start it, thank God. But see, what we've done, and I want you to understand something. His will needs to have revelation on, not interpretation of somebody that's never experienced grace. Come on. Let me just show you something here. How many of you find it that it's easier to ask forgiveness to somebody that's experienced grace than somebody that's only experienced the law? It's true, isn't it? When you've experienced grace, it's easy to forgive. Why? I know what I've been forgiven. I go, wow. Then somebody says, oh, oh. See, see what we've done, watch this, is the Bible says you are to come to the throne of grace without your limitations. You are to come in freedom. That means that I can ask God for anything. Worship band, come up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be faithful to 20 minutes. <laughs> Everybody said? My, my bank account is, no. <laughs> See, one of the things when we're talking about that for you to move on is that the way of faith is freedom to move without restrictions. So what, you know what we need to do now? I'm going to pray it. I'm going to I'll, I'll ask the Holy Spirit to do something really specific. Is this. Now watch, watch this very carefully. The limitation that you feel you deserve is the same limitation that you restrict God in. 
The same limitation you put on yourself is the same limitation that you restrict God. When you start reading Psalm 78, there's verses 41 to, sorry, verses 40 to 42, God says this, and they limited the Holy One of Israel. So God says, I want to bless you, but somebody has interpreted me, and now you have limited me. Do you, let, let me just show you something. You know what? Let me give you a definition of li- limitation. Limit- limitation is refusing to let God bless you. David said it. I have chosen the way of faith. So what's a limitation? Oh man, I don't feel worthy enough. See what? See we taking that as a sign of of. Not religious, but like a badge of honor. Oh, God, I'm so unworthy. See, the problem is when you say that to God, you're insulting Him. Oh, come on, Fabs. No. Guess what? You were washed by the blood of the Lamb. And what you're saying is, Jesus, you didn't do a great job. See, we've been... We've taken freedom and rebranded it to be another form of works. God says this. He goes, I want you to come with the freedom of speech. Not just, see, people go, let's take that to another quick level. Freedom is words. How did God create words? See, every single time you come into the presence of God, and you go, I'm not this, I'm not this, I'm not this. My expectations have dropped. God says, no, 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 do not insult. The, Paul even says it. Listen to me carefully. He says, do not insult the word of His grace. Wow. So freedom is yours now. It's no longer what you can do. It's what you believe. It's, it, God says, I wipe all debt. What's dead? If only I could get better. If only I could read more, pray more, give more, serve more. But God says, no, no, I want you to come in to my throne of favor and ask me for whatever. Come on, how good is that? See, the natural mind goes, oh, come on, Ted, it can't be that good. Listen to me very carefully. You cannot over-exaggerate the kingdom of God and His blood. You can't over-exaggerate grace, God's power. So today, before we head into the new year, let's take the limitations of our speech. Take the limitations of me. God has broken through on my life. I am washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. I am no longer before the cross. I am after the cross. I will no longer be silent. Let's take some of the branding off us. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. Ted's dead. You can visit his graveyard. I am the new Ted. I am a God Ted. I am a faith Ted. I am a blessing Ted. Come on. That is the same for you. The way we honour Jesus is to say, Jesus, look what you've done. God, look, I'm perfect. God, hey, I can come to you. And my speech is unlimited. My thanksgiving is unlimited. My opportunities aren't limited. Come on, stand up with me.
Lift up your hands. Freedom of speech. Freedom of choice. Freedom of promises. The Bible says to come boldly. The reason we come boldly is because Jesus is the stairway from earth to heaven, from heaven to earth. And the Bible says, if I have faith in Him, everything that comes to Him comes to me. Everybody just look at me. Just look at me. If you can just picture this. You've got heaven. You've got earth. There's a stairway. All the blessings are going through Jesus. The Bible says this. The way you access what's coming to me is by faith. So guess what? All of heaven is going through Jesus. And the way we do it is we touch Jesus. And when I touch Jesus, I get what's in Him. Everything that's in Jesus, there's no sickness in Jesus. There's no lack in Jesus. There's no loneliness in Jesus. There's no pollution in Jesus. There's, hey, He's totally and utterly clean. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we touch You, Jesus. Right now, by faith, I am touching you. I am touching you for my health. I am touching you for my provision. I am touching you for my family. Father, right now, Father, we take the limitations of you. Father, we have freedom to come into your presence. We have a freedom of your speech. We can come and you can quote your word. Father, and right now, by action, I am going to. By action, I'm going to take my soul and my body and we're going to engage in a thanksgiving before God. Father, in Jesus' name.